The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, there are many things we can do to help us feel healthier as we age. Find out how you can help supplement your diet and look your best at any age. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town and what's new at Mother's Market. But first up, we all want to live a high quality of life as long as we can. And today, we're going to dig deeper into ways we can extend our lives through nutrition. Here to help us is Mushroom Wisdom's VP of Education and Research, Mark Kaler. Mark has been involved in the natural products industry for well over 30 years, including retail, manufacturing, formulating, and private practice. He studied a variety of traditional healing approaches, including Eastern and Western herbalism, naturopathy, nutrition, and shamanism. And Mark brings an eclectic perspective to the conversation with an emphasis on education and a truly holistic orientation. And we welcome him to the Mother's Market Radio Show. Mark, how are you? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you for being here. Why don't you fill in our audience a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to the show's topic? Well, I kind of actually backed my way into the natural products industry or natural healing, whatever you want to call it, alternative medicine. I mean, there's so many different names for it, but whatever we want to call it, I kind of backed my way into it. I was actually going to grad school. Uh, I needed to find a job, you know, to help pay the bills and rent and everything while I was going to grad school. I took a part-time job in a health food store, and that just changed my worldview. It changed the way I was eating uh, changed my career path, uh, much to the chagrin of my parents who were helping me pay for my grad school. Uh, everything changed at that point on. And uh, from that point, I started exploring natural healing modalities uh, from around the world. I've had a chance to study with shamans in the rainforest in Peru and Ecuador. Uh, I've studied with a traditional uh, Native American uh, medicine man, is what we would call it, I guess, today, uh, in North Carolina, uh, Chinese herbalist in the mountains of China. Uh, so I'm basically trying to gather information from whatever sources I can and uh, I'm a bit of a researchaholic, so I, I like to also follow the science. So it's a real mix of uh, of science and tradition that I try to bring together in a, a fairly eclectic mix. Well, I think that's fascinating, and thank you for all of your research. And so let's start by asking, what is aging? Yeah, that's a real good question. It may sound uh, a little surprising, but there really is no definition of aging. Uh, generally, what we do is we define aging by the diseases that we associate with aging. Uh, hair turning gray, losing our hair, uh, getting wrinkles, arthritis, memory loss, dementia, uh, heart disease, all of those things are the things that we associate with aging. But I would actually argue and make a case for that those things really have little to do with aging. Uh, what they have to do with is decades and decades of living the wrong lifestyle, mm. not getting enough sleep, being stressed out, uh, eating the wrong foods, frying our foods, eating pesticide, you know, enhanced foods, you know, all the different things that I think contribute to this gradual breakdown. Uh, the aging process, I, I think, left to its natural uh, and best course uh, is very different from what we understand it. And it's interesting because anthropologists have actually looked at the aging process, uh, and they really believe that there, uh, there's a relationship between how we view aging and then how we actually age. So if our society would actually wake up and say, hey, we get better and better as we get older and older, uh, I actually believe we would get better and better as we get older, but that's not what we do. Everybody dreads, you know, the 30th, the 40th, mm-hmm. and forbid the 60th birthday, which is coming up real soon for me. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think it really has to do with that orientation, and it has a lot to do with lifestyle choices. And so, um, and yeah, lifestyle choices, and we say, what are the causes of aging? Um, you can actually maybe slow down that by maybe what you say, your lifestyle choices. 
Yeah, this gets into really what is the theory of, of the causes of aging, and there are lots of different theories. There's lots of different debates in the aging community. Uh, telomeres, which is a big issue right now, which is really the, the tip of our genetic structure in our cells. It's kind of like the tip of a shoelace. Uh, some people believe aging is related to that gradual breakdown of those telomeres, uh, which eventually makes the DNA uh, non-functional or actually function poorly. Uh, mitochondrial function is one of the hot up-and-comers. Uh, the mitochondria are actually the little furnaces or engines that drive our cells. Uh, obviously, when they start malfunctioning or stop doing what they're supposed to be doing or we have fewer and fewer, it means we have less, in, you know, less engines driving us. Uh, and we got to remember, you know, we're made up of cells, cells in our brain, cells in our muscles, cells in our heart. Uh, all those things are really driven by mitochondria. Uh, free radicals, inflammation, uh, there are immune theories of it. There's even the wear and tear, basically just we wear out, you know. Joints wear out. The body's just been doing stuff for so long that it, that it just gradually starts to break down. Uh, so there are lots of different theories, I, I think, that really relate to, uh, you know, what aging is all about. And I think it gets to the point that, for me, the best approach then to do this is to take all these things together. My theory of aging is the accumulation, meaning the accumulation of all these things put together. So uh, it has to do with the genetic structure. It has to do with the lifestyle. It has to do with wear and tear. Uh, it has to do with how many mitochondria you have or how well they're functioning or free radical damage. It's all of these things put together. And I think really that's the only way we're going to have any hope to profoundly impact how long we live and then the quality of that life. Is there any science or research that supports the holistic approach to aging? Yeah, that's a real interesting area. It's kind of the new area. Initially, everybody was looking for that uh, fountain of youth, right. you know, Ponce de Leon. Mm-hmm. Well, there have been modern versions of that scientists out looking for, you know, that one magic pill, that one magic herb, the one magic vitamin. You know, everyone thought that was going to be a resveratrol. Now there's something, uh, astragalicide number four, which is coming from the uh, astragalus plant. Uh, so everybody's been out looking for that one thing. Uh, I think the research is coming really clear that this holistic approach really is the only way uh, and the only effective way to have a, a profound impact on our health and healing because so many things are involved in this. And you see this in the population studies, which have been really interesting, where they've gone in, they've looked at centenarians, they've looked at communities that have much higher numbers of centenarians, meaning people that live to 100 and beyond. Uh, and it's the lifestyle choices that are profoundly impacting the the longest-lived people on the planet aren't the people that are taking resveratrol or taking astragalicide for, uh, you know, these are people who are making the right lifestyle choices, being active, walking, mm-hmm. believe it or not, is one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're people who have real connection, uh, family, community. Those things are extraordinarily important. Uh, eating certain amounts of food and not too much of those foods uh, are profoundly impacting. So these lifestyle choices are really the things that have the biggest and most profound impact on our health. And then I think supplements can kind of come in and supplement that process, support that process, uh, but really takes that holistic approach. And research is confirming that, you know, these population studies, when they look at individuals, when you look at all these different theories, you know, there's never going to be one pill that's going to affect genetics, like, you know, lifestyle choices, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the mitochondria, uh, the telomeres, all these things. So it's really a complex uh, and uh, again, uh, uh, a lifestyle and, and in lifestyle would include diet. Diet is very much, I think we, we tend to separate it, but you know, lifestyle diet, so part and parcel of the same thing. And you kind of mentioned that too, with everything in moderation, when you talk about diet, um, but not going overboard and especially as we age. Yeah. I want to be careful with that. Everything in moderation. I, I'm not so much buying into that. I mean, cigarettes in moderation, you know, oh, well, no, I'm probably talking, not. You no, know. but I mean like when you're talking uh, about diet, right. um, yeah, yeah, but you're right. No, not in. <laughs> and and <laughs> diet is really simple. Eat a plant-based diet, lots mm-hmm. of fruits and vegetables, eat a lot of variety and don't overeat. I mean, that's mm-hmm. as simple as you can get. If, if mm-hmm. everybody followed that diet, 
diet, mm-hmm. heart disease would plummet, cancer rates would plummet, mm-hmm. we'd live better, we'd live healthier. Mm-hmm. We don't need these really complex diets that you can only eat this, you can only eat that, you can only eat this at this time of day, you can only put these things together, mm-hmm. you're going to eat this if you're type A blood. You know, it's a very simple, you know, you can still eat your other foods, but just make the focus of our meals uh, good whole plants. Mm-hmm. Um, when's the best time to start focusing on preventing aging and enhancing longevity? Yeah, I say there's no time like the present. Really, it's a case of the sooner the better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the things that we associate with aging, they just don't hit us at once. We just don't wake up tomorrow and we've got mass. Well, we usually don't have massive inflammation or free to radical damage or the telomeres just don't degrade in one day. These are things that take time. Uh, again, getting back to those lifestyle choices. So these things accrue over a vo- very long period of time. It's a very gradual, very slow process. So the sooner you can impact uh, interfere and make changes in those path, those processes. I, I think by far that's going to be the most impacting, and you'll have the most success with it. So, you know, I, I know it's hard for the you know the 21 and 24 year olds right. to start thinking about their mortality. Uh, I, I wish I had when I was 24 or something like that. <laughs> uh, the world, my life would be very different at this point in time. You know, we tend to you know we get 45, 50 years old. Uh, we start feeling some of those symptoms of that decades of lifestyle, uh, improper lifestyle choices, and then we wake up to it. But even then, you know, we can still profoundly impact it. So the sooner the better. Yeah, as soon as we're starting to t- talk about it and think about it, of course. Well, this is really interesting information, and of course, um, we're going to need to take a quick break, but more with Mark in just a moment. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click on the link for radio and listen to past shows, plus download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Mark Kaler. And we're talking about aging. And Mark, a little bit during the break, we were talking about spices and cooking and how we can implement this process of just feeling better. Spices, I think, are a devalued, very powerful superfood, if you really want to use that term for them. Yeah, superfood. Rosemary, which I'm a big fan of. You know, I used to live out here in Orange County. You know, I had a huge rosemary plant that grew in my backyard. You know, I think when I first got it, it was like three inches tall. And (laughs) by the end, it was probably 12 feet broad and stuff like that. Rosemary, great for the brain, great as a mood enhancer, great for circulation, uh, great antioxidant, probably anti-cancer. Mm. Uh, systemic inflammation, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful herb to add to the mix. And even just actually pre- breaking off a little you know, sprig of it, 
pinching it, rubbing it a little bit, and smelling has been shown to enhance the mood and be a very effective antidepressant. Oh. Uh, sage, sage will kill virtually any microbe you have in your body. Very, very powerful medicine. Again, something that grows naturally around here and all over the place. So, you know, there are a lot of very powerful medicines that we have in our kitchen cabinets if we keep them fresh, obviously, and if we use them properly. Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Indian herbs that um, they have, like uh, turmeric and... Um, you, you were talking a little bit about the families having their own spices. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of turmeric. I, I think the potential for turmeric is huge. It's one of those supplements, probably four or five supplements, I think everybody probably should just take it on a regular basis. We know inflammation is a contributing factor to every chronic disease on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, heart disease, cancer, things that we don't normally associate. For cancer to spread throughout the body, it's got to get the body into a pro-inflammatory or inflammation supporting process. So if you want to stop cancer from spreading in your body, you stop the inflammation from occurring in your body. And turmeric is one of the easiest, safest ways to do it. You can take it as a spice. Uh, you can cook with it. It's a common spice that's found or always found in curry blends. Uh, and in curry in India, it's actually a very traditional blend of spices, uh, but it's something that's very particular to each family. Every family has their own little secret family recipe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's passed on from mother to daughter to daughter, you know, all the way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it always has turmeric in it. Uh, and it's interesting because they found populations that consume the highest amounts of turmeric in the regular part of their diet basically have lower rates of all these chronic diseases that we kind of take as given. So something as simple as two or three grams of turmeric in your food every day uh, can have a profound impact. Now, you know, if you don't really like curry, which yeah. unfortunately I don't particularly care for curry, mm-hmm. uh, or two to three grams of it is actually, it may not sound like a lot, but it's a pretty strong flavor. So if you're not really into Indian spices and things, that may be a bit much. There's some very powerful supplements out there. Um, there's some specific uh, trademarked products out there where they've increased the bioavailability of turmeric in the body. Uh, BCM95, uh, Mariva is another one. I like that one particularly for the brain. Uh, but if you are going to cook with turmeric or just use the spice, you always want to take it with a little fat because it'll help the absorption. Uh, and if you can take it with a little pepper, that'll help with the absorption as well. Hmm. That's good advice. Thank you. So BCM95 and Mariva? Mariva, oh, M-E-R-I-V-A. They basically wrap it up in a fat molecule, which I think it makes it a little more transportable across the blood-brain barrier. So if people are concerned with uh, brain inflammation, uh, particularly Alzheimer's dementia, the, the number of actions that turmeric has for the brain uh, quite amazing. There's got to be eight or nine different specific actions, I think, that make it really relevant for preventing and treating Alzheimer's and dementia. I really like that Mariva form of it because I think it probably gets into the brain better. Uh, otherwise, if you're talking about systemic, I really like the BCM. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it has a 13 uh, times higher absorption rate uh, than just regular taking regular turmeric. So you get more of it into your body that way. Hmm. That's great information. Let's transition and talk about mushrooms, which have traditionally been associated with longevity. And uh, can they really help mushrooms? Yeah, actually, I think they can. And you got to remember, these are remedies have been around for thousands of years. Uh, these are medicines that they had to go to great lengths to get. For instance, the cordyceps mushroom, which I think is one of the best legitimate longevity or anti-aging remedies that's available out there today. Uh, they've used it for thousands of years, but in order to get it, you've got to go up to 8,000 feet and above in the Himalayan mountains. You've got to get down on your hands and knees. Mm. You've got to work your way through the grass and try to find these little uh, cordyceps sprouting out of the ground. They're only you know an inch or so tall. So on a good day, you may find three or four cordyceps. So you know to go to that much effort, to go to that length, the hike up into the Himalayan mountains, just to find a couple of these cordyceps mushrooms, it's got to be doing something for your body. Placebo effect is only going to carry you so yeah, far with right. something like that. 
And the interesting thing is, particularly with cordyceps, is modern science has looked at it and said, okay, here are these traditional applications, here's the traditional methodology and wording that they apply to the mushroom. Let's see if we can't find some clinical measures, some quantifiable measures, to see if they were actually right. And lo and behold, you know, our ancient uh, forebears in this, this type of healing were exactly right on with what cordyceps does. Uh, one of the things they say it does is enhance the yang, stimulate the yang. Uh, and many of us are familiar with yin and yang. Yang is the fire, the drive, uh, the motivation. It's what allows us to you know, sit here and talk and be animated and be motivated and move and dance and exercise. Uh, and that's obviously a very important part of the aging. I mean, think about aging. We think of slowing down, getting colder, shrinking. We round our shoulders off. We sag, hairlines start to go. These are all deficiencies of yang, so it brings back that yang fire, that yang drive, that motivation and mm. things. Uh, and you see that there are actually three clinical studies for hyposexuality, people, older individuals with, with underactive sex drives, uh, showing a number of improvements across the board, which again, I think demonstrates that yang fire. Mm -hmm. In a very balanced manner though, it's said to also nourish the yin. And the yin is kind of the substance, the, the physical party, the moisture of the body. Uh, and again, you can think of, you know, arthritis, the physical breakdown that we have of our body. So it's giving us the energy that we need in the aging process. At the same time, it's strengthening that physical presence of who we are, which is obviously a very important part of the whole process. I mean, we don't have a lot of energy, but not have the body to do it, right. you know, in the end. Uh, and that's one of the amazing things about cordyceps. Uh, strengthens heart functions. There are studies with it with arrhythmias, uh, improves respiratory function, uh, oxygen uptake. And oxygen really is the lifeblood of the blood. Uh, every cells need it for energy. Those little mitochondria, those engines we were talking about driving, they get more oxygen. They can create more fuel. Uh, it can increase uh, overall functionality of those mitochondria, those little engines. So they're fed better. Uh, they're stronger. They're doing more of what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, just as a number of benefits that I think really make it extraordinarily well-suited. Uh, we talked about free radicals in the aging process. You know, everybody's, I'm sure, out there is probably taking some sort of antioxidant at this point in time. One of the things I really like about cordyceps is it stimulates the body's own endogenous antioxidants, meaning the antioxidants that the body naturally produces for itself. The interesting thing about those antioxidants is they're about 100 times powerful than any sort of supplement we can take. So it increases things like SOD, glutathione peroxidases, you know, a number of different compounds that help the body fight these free radicals, uh, but in a natural supportive manner. And for me, that's fundamentally what I want to do. I want to get the body to do what it's designed to do at its best, instead of always having to, you know, supplement or do something to replace uh, what we should be doing. So and I think cordyceps really fits into that mold real well. Where do we find cordyceps? Uh, well, we sell it. It's called Super Cordyceps. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you'd have to take a trip out to the Himalayan mountains, <laughs> climb up really high, and get on your hands and knees. It is actually a fungus that grows out of the head of a caterpillar um, in the wild, but that's not what we use. You can actually grow it in a fermentation process so we can do caterpillar-free. But the original... Uh, cordyceps is something that would actually sprout out. And if you go to a Chinese herb shop, you'll see them. They'll be bound together. They're these you know, little inch and a half little caterpillars. And it's got this brown little fungus mushroom sprouting out of the head of it. Uh, but that's not what's in common place because, as you know, I mean, to get these <laughs> things, it's very hard. And they run, I think it's now $10,000 a pound oh my uh, for wild cordyceps. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds appetizing. I'm sorry you can get that. But this they do. They cook it in soups. It's a really? traditional. That's how they would bring it into that. They would take the caterpillars, oh the carcass with the fungus, and throw it in the soups and 
and cook it in the soup and then strain it out. You don't end up eating it. You just cook it. Wow. I'm d- that's crazy. But I mean, the talk about a superfood that does everything. How did that, like, who thought about this? Who thought that this is, the, this cut off this on top of a caterpillar? I just want to know how this yeah, concept. That, that's a real good question in herbs in general. How did we find out all these things? They used to think it was just a process of trial and error. Yeah. Someone actually said, okay, if it was a process of trial and error, I want to do the math for this. I know. How many times would it do it? And think about all the poisonings, all the bad things yeah. You have to eat to get to so they that. actually believe that it probably was not a, a trial and error. Uh, different people have different views on it. Anthropologists think you know, one of the things they did they looked at animals, they saw what they were using. The real interesting stories in traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, there is said to be the founder of, of Chinese medicine, uh, he was the one who would test these herbs and find out for himself. Uh, it's said that his skin was paper thin. So he could take an herb, he'd fast, he'd take an herb, and he could watch what the herb was doing in his body. And in Chinese medicine, it's all about processes. So he would see that it's stimulating the liver or it's making him a little damper or drier or increasing his yang, his drive, you know, whatever it may be. And he would watch and observe and then make all these notations of this. And there's a a Materia Medica that dates back several thousand years that's attributed to him. But they really believe that's the way they went about it. He was test these herbs and and look and, and, and see what they did for themselves. But there are lots of debates about how we actually came to it because, I mean, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of medicinal herbs out there. The Chinese Materia Medica has their old set, European, Native American, you know, all these different continents have their own herbs that they use. You know, how did we really come by some of these things? And another way probably is taste, particularly in uh, Asian medicine. Taste is a really important element to that. So uh, if you taste something that's bitter, it tends to stimulate the liver. It stimulates the digestive tract. Uh, it tends to be cooling on the body a little bit. So by taste, you can actually get some sense of things. But, you know, th- this refinement and nuanced uh, knowledge of it, you know, uh, you know, these are really what I would call master herbalists. These are people who knew these things in a very personal, very intimate manner. Hmm. Uh, and however they got it, I'm, I'm quite thankful that, that, that they got it. Yeah. I, I don't know that I want to be tasting and testing all these say, things, finding out what's poisonous and what's not poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness there are people out there that do that and not us. Right. Well, I, that's that's really interesting. Um, are there any other mushrooms that might be helpful in our efforts to stay young? Yeah, absolutely. There's a mushroom called reishi, which I'm a big oh, fan yeah. of. Uh, I actually call it the tonic for the 21st century. Reishi is a remedy that I think everybody on the planet should be taking. It's a tonic for the brain, the central nervous system, uh, lungs, heart, kidneys, adrenals. It's anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, improves sleep quality, uh, helps balance mood, uh, lowers stress levels, uh, improves memory. It just does so many different things that are beneficial across the board. But fundamentally, reishi is about balance. Anybody looking for any sort of balance in their life, whether it be physical, uh, mental, uh, spiritual, I think that's what reishi is really all about. Tremendous amount of research, hundreds of different studies that are on it. Just a great general overall uh, tonic. In fact, reishi was called the mushroom of immortality. Um, So they've associated it, again, in traditional Chinese medicine for thousands of years uh, with with immortality. And when they talk about immortality, it's not really living forever. It's just living for a very, very long time. Mm. How do you spell reishi? R-E-I-S-H-I. And again, you can get this through, where do we find reishi? Mushrooms? Yeah, we make a product called Super Reishi. Mm-hmm. Um, and reishi is a product that you really need to have properly extracted. Uh, I should have brought some with me. It's a very woody mushroom. You know, it would be like tapping on this table. It's not something you can eat. It's not something you would want to eat. eat. It would be like eating a piece of balsa wood. So it's very important that you extract it. 
to get those compounds out to make them available. Okay. I remember yeah, hearing about reishi's mushrooms. Um, we only have a little bit of time left, but this has been so interesting. Are there any other supplements that may help enhance our, our lifespan? Yeah, I think there are a number of things. I like the ones that are have a fair amount of proven ground behind them. There's a combination of nutrients called acetyl-L-carnitine and alpha-lipoic acid. Um, the, the two of them together uh, show a lot of promise, particularly as longevity, anti-aging, increasing vitality. Uh, there were a series of three studies that were done by a researcher in Berkeley, California, where he combined these two, and basically he fed them to rats. Uh, and he took like the equivalent of a 75-year-old rat in human years, um, the equivalent of, uh, in human years, uh, and they said they, by giving them this combination that they became 35, 40-year-old rats. Wow. Uh, he said it was so effective that they got up and danced the Macarena. <laughs> so it dates when this research was done. Uh, but they looked at different things like mitochondria, mitochondrial function, free radicals, a number of measures. But it energized them across the board. It really mm. literally rejuvenated them. So uh, nutrient-wise, I think that combination, they have to be taken together really to get this benefit. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of. Uh, there's another Chinese traditional herb called Hushu Wu. Uh, often mislabeled as faux tea. Uh, this is, a, in Chinese medicine, a traditional Jing tonic. Jing is kind of that inherited constitution that we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hushu Wu is wonderful for doing that. Uh, Hushu Wu is said to turn gray hair black. Wow. Um, but it, it, again, it, it, it nourishes us at a very fundamental, uh, essential element that I think brings it to the body that makes it really, really useful. Uh, and then I think turmeric, because inflammation is such a powerful tool in that, that mix. Uh, resveratrol, which is probably the big, hot, popular anti-aging product out there. You know, the research is early in the game with that. Some of it looks promising. There are concerns about it. How long does it stay in the body? How much do you need to take? So resveratrol, to me, is on that borderline. You know, it may be great. It may not be great. We just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. This has been fascinating. Um, and I'm sure uh, there, there's a lot more information on your website, I would imagine, too. What is that? Can you tell me a little bit about your website? Yeah, you can go to mushroomwisdom.com. Um, all our products are listed there. Uh, unfortunately, we can't have the research and all this information up there thanks to the uh, regulatory friends that we have. <laughs> uh, so there is a website out there called bioupdate.org, okay. uh, B-I-O, and then the word update.org. Uh, and that is nothing but mushroom research for people who want to see some of the science and things about it. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mark, and some great advice today. We really appreciate your knowledge and your research. Uh, Thanks for stopping by once again. You can get more information also on mushroomwisdom.com, as you mentioned, and bioupdate.org. Learn more about your approach and your unique perspective on healthy lifestyle. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.